Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. Our listeners are in for a treat this week, Young Me. I know. I mean, this is, I guess this is getting tired because all of our guests now are just so exceptional. Which <laughs> I, You know, we talk about this all the time. I feel bad because one of our first fans told us that they loved our podcast because we were such losers and we had <laughs> normal people normal people like, on the podcast that like finally were not someone successful. talking about the muck and the mire and the <laughs> the, the tribulations <laughs> of not making it <laughs> and they were like one of our original og fans and they're like i love how you have just regular people on the show you know like me and now and now we're like <laughs> having all these like successful people and I feel so bad for our one OG listener fan who's also, you know, actually doing very well now. So we've, we've all grown. What's that saying? Uh, All boats rise with the tide. I completely butchered that. All boats rise uh, when feeling Asian gets higher profile guests. We're we're taking all of you with us. Um, well, I think the listeners have had enough of us. Uh, can I introduce our guest, Young Lee? <laughs> yeah, Brian's like, just stop talking. We're, uh, we're embarrassing ourselves. Like I said up top, our guest this week is freaking incredible. Okay. Our guest is a cartoonist and illustrator for The New Yorker. And she's recently a Pulitzer Prize finalist. What? Woo. Listeners, give your ears for Zoe C. Yay! Oh my goodness. Um, thank you so much for having me on YouTube. This is very cool. And I love the podcast. So I'm very excited. <gasps> thank you. <laughs> Thanks wow. for being here and congrats. I know. Thanks. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yes, it's been a super crazy and exciting couple of weeks. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Pulitzer Prize is one of those things that like, that's like the thing that's going to make your Asian parents be okay with your path, oh your career God. path. Yeah, you know what I mean? Totally. It's so when um, I told my parents I was being nominated, they were, my dad was like, oh, yeah. is that like the killing fields? Like the, was it like the photographer in the killing fields, like won the Pulitzer, right? And like, um, you know, that, that was that movie from like the eighties about, uh, the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. And I was like, yeah, I think so. And so (laughs) when I actually was like a finalist, he called me, he was like, yeah, I like watched the movie again. And I think like the ceremony at the end is him winning the Pulitzer. I'm like, great. Yes. Awesome. But like, it's, it's crazy because like I'm, I'm an editorial cartoonist and I won for that. Yeah. But, um, you know, of course, the guy in the killing fields. That's awesome. Like, but thank you. But you know, there's people winning the Pulitzer who are in war zones, taking photos, mm-hmm. or you know, writing, you know, like exposing Harvey Weinstein, things like that. And then you know, mm. Lin Manuel Miranda and Kendrick Lamar with their like, you know, cultural, earth-shattering, like musical right. <laughs> like creations. And then I'm literally in my pajamas at 2 a.m. Like just kind of. Like right, like drawing cartoons, and then that that results in the same, like like a similar thing. But it's yeah, it, it's nuts. It's a it feels like a spectrum. Yeah, you know wow. what I you know what That's I think. So cool. I always I'm like so obsessed with this thing that I've been thinking about recently. Like I'm gonna hype you up here. Okay. I just feel like the all the problems in the world, like we're trying to solve them at the very end part, but how to solve them actually is at the root. And I feel like funny cartoons are how we really make big change in this world. God, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, it's like yeah. how you're getting your point across. And so I think you're, what the work you're doing is 
extremely Absolutely. important. So yeah, there's a reason so why your editorial cartoons are being nominated for a Pulitzer and not and not our podcast, not podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, okay, well, excuse me, Apple Spotlight. Just what this month, whatever. You you guys are like, you guys are blowing up. You guys are doing so well. Brian, it's only been just over a year. It's crazy, Brian. It's not a zero sums game. Okay? <laughs> it's not like. All votes rise. <laughs> not like Zoe is succeeding and and Brian is no. It's the it's the only way I know how to hype be a hype man is by disparaging myself. Oh God, no. Okay, so yes, I relate. So like, stop that, Brian. Stop. We can all succeed. There's room for all of us at the table. Um, but I, everyone gets a Pulitzer nomination. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Eventually, they'll have. I mean, like what for podcast? It's the Peabody. It's the Peabody. So yeah, maybe maybe oh, a Peabody there we one go. day for cultural significance. Like, I would I would vote for I would vote for that. Feeling Asian for so, if we get a Peabody, so that's our goal. Made a mistake. That's all I'm saying. So no, we're gunning I, for the Peabody. Sorry. A nice consolation. I guess we'll take a Webby too. But that one, they seem to hand those out like candy these days. So let's gun for the Peabody. <laughs> no, but I was gonna say though, I'm surprised that your uh, your your dad knew even like had a cultural um, reference to the Pulitzer because I feel like most I, I, I don't I feel like most Asian parents who are immigrants like I don't even think they would know what the Pulitzer is. No, they just be like, they oh, know. No, they know everything. They know, <laughs> they know Chanel. They know Hermes. They know Harvard. They know Pulitzer. They, they know, know all the they know Harvard. Everything. I could totally see myself in a situation where my mom would be bragging about like a cousin who went to Harvard. I'm like. But I got nominated for a Pulitzer, mom. Like, that's 10,000 yeah. times more impressive. <laughs> Give me the validation, please. No, like, yeah. Like, like yeah. I, I, I totally hear you. And also because you were Canadian, like, the Pulitzer is an American Journalism Award. So it's, you know, even oh, one even step that. more removed, right? So, yeah, like, I, um, I do work for The New Yorker, which is an American publication, obviously, so which is why I'm eligible. Right. But, um, yeah, like, yeah. so I, I, I told them and... Um, it was kind of like, oh my God, that's great. And then like my dad, he like, you know, he's, he's so wonderful. He's very supportive, but like if he, he, he'll Google a lot, right. He loves like, and so he Googles it and he's like, he, and then he like texts me like an hour later. He's like, oh my God, this is a big deal because like this person and this person <laughs> won the Pulitzer. And I was like, yeah, Aww. like totally like you got it. So like they're excited, <laughs> but, but then, but then they kind of like investigate further. Right. Cause it, like, I, I totally right, right. hear you where, yeah, yeah, like a lot of these kind of like cultural, like touchstones, they're not necessary like you know up to date on them because they just don't really think sure, about them sure. ever versus us like yeah. we're just here and so we just know about them so yeah well yeah. before we well, dive into your you know all the turns that have come with your career and have led you to this moment <laughs> young me how are you feeling um i'm feeling i'm feeling like great like i i've been in this like recent great mood so i thought I would tell you a funny little story because I'm trying to hide. I don't know if you're watching the YouTube, you can see like there's some flowers back here. I'm trying to hide this vase because <laughs> I stole it from Amazon. But listen, listen, just does Jeff Bezos need more money? Okay, this is what Wait, happened. How, how did left- you steal it from Amazon? Oh, sorry, you're going to go into it. I'm. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you, but and it's not my fault and I'm going to email them. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I I got like a message saying my package was delivered and I was like, well, it's not it's not here so i was like all this uh, had like cat litter this thing and something else in it and i was like i didn't get it so i need a refund so i got a refund and then the next day oh also the picture of the delivery was somebody had left it outside my building and i was like oh obviously it was stolen right because why Mm -hmm. did they leave it outside my building so i was like i didn't get it the next day it's in the lobby and it's opened 
So I think somebody maybe thought it was, I don't know what happened, right? Maybe somebody took it to their apartment and realized it wasn't theirs or something. And so then I, I got it. And then I was like, I don't want to tell them that I want, I, I want this for free. So I don't want to tell them to like take away the refund. But then I'm like, what if, what if somebody at Amazon sees this in my apartment and they're like, you said that you never got that. <laughs> so now I have to email them and be like, I actually got it. So, or or, you, then, or just don't or email them and you get a free boss. <laughs> but then what if they, they report me and, and I go to jail? I gotta Meanwhile, say, Jeff like, Bezos has never paid $1 in, in taxes. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think you're fine. You know, wait, back in the 90s, like they would have those tags on mm-hmm. pillows or on the bottom of a couch. And they're like, it's a federal crime to rip this tag off. This Amazon thievery is the new updated version of that. I think everyone's, everyone's well, doing a little bit of misplaced package didn't get delivered. Jeff Bezos, you're fine. Just keep it. It's a little consolation prize. They for did yourself. leave it outside, so <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh, I was yeah. saying, like, if if you're worried about like Amazon sending someone to your home to like to like murder you or something, like putting it on the podcast, maybe not the most stealth move, but. Um, that said, I'm pretty sure Amazon has like you know their their billion dollar like contingency fund for like these kinds of like they're fine. Yeah, they're, they're de- you're, you know the definitely. company, yeah, the the gigantic company that makes these yeah. is getting some sort of insurance coverage. Oh on yeah, it. No. no one's really. Oh for it's sure. Not like somebody, no, like, like you're, someone's you're, grandma making these in yeah. her basement. Or you're, you're getting a lot more joy out of having this thing on your shelf than like Amazon ever will from having that bag, like for sure. Which I think is what's yeah. important. If it makes you feel better, young me, last year I ordered I ordered some socks. I said they uh-huh. I, I sincerely thought they were never <gasps> delivered, so they gave me yeah. another pair of socks. But the original pair yeah. had actually been delivered, and I'm still here. Nothing wow. happened. So we're just admitting that we're yeah. we're yeah. stealing from this corporation. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. This poor billionaire that made $57 billion a day during the pandemic. We're st- we're robbing from him, yeah. Mr. Bezos. Yeah, I know we all yeah. really um, need to take it, a hard look at ourselves. <laughs> but here wait, here's the un- here's the underside of the story, which this is my redemption arc. I went to Chinatown the other day and they were selling Alaskan king crabs, you know, the huge ones. Yes. And they were it was Mino has always wanted to try it. And oh, I was wow. like, oh, God, it's expensive. And they're like, it's $160. And I was oh like, wow. you know, Mino wants to try this. If we make like a mukbang, it'll be like a video and it's kind of worth it. So I bought it and it was rotten. Okay. Oh, no. And it was horrifying no. because the guts were bloated. It's a, it was a whole oh, thing. And, I'm, and I couldn't tell because it smelled bad, but I thought that's just how they smell because I've never had one before. So I Right. I steamed it and the whole time it smells like fucking ass and I'm like <laughs> I think this is what it's supposed to smell like like I don't know I've never had one before so I, I, right. I steamed it the apartment smells like shit and then I sat there and started eating it on live oh, on TikTok no. live and then I was like this is not right it's grainy the guts were like smelling like rotting corpse and I was like this has definitely gone bad and then I was like I don't want to go Ask these like this old Chinese couple that owns a seafood store near my apartment for $160 because they work so hard. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to eat this cost because I, f- I feel like maybe they weren't refrigerating it correctly. But I'm not going to I'm not going to be the person harassing these people because they work so hard. And I get my seafood there all the time. I've had 
you right. know i got live lobsters i've gotten other smaller live crabs and so i was like i'm just gonna eat this because i i just feel like it's not worth my energy to harm these small business owners so there you go i i steal from the rich i i give to the poor i'm fucking yeah. peter pan what's his name robin hood yeah. the modern day robin hood yeah. <laughs> so i'm not gonna pay guess what Jeff bezos i'm not i'm not paying for this I i'm gonna keep it and you're not ever gonna see a dime for it bezos because you're ripping those people off that made it anyway so that's, it would, that's my story this would never happen but as a result of you uh confessing this on a public platform it would be very funny if you got like a cease and desist from yeah. amazon because oh of God. this well, then, be so funny. yeah come after me then come after me and then i will when they're like taking me away in handcuffs i'm gonna be like oh great because you've paid what 14 cents in taxes last year who's the real criminal yeah. who's the real thief young me mayor you know he hero young of the mayor. people hero of the people i'm like you know i'm just i'm for i'm here i'm, I'm here like for i it. gave your money to the nice chinese couple that owns a seafood store and they deserved it because they actually work okay mr bbl we all know you got a bbl jeff bezos not shaming um that's wow. how i feel how what are you ride. feeling Brent, uh brian <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so you know Zoe, you mentioned this up top um i feel i've been feeling really good and really positive and really proud of us because you know we've, we've gotten some nice you know some features we had that apple spotlight that featured our podcast and we've been having some great interviews with this podcast and i feel like with the work that we're doing i'm noticing that we're hitting this nice momentum and this nice stride and you know, it's just like with any creative endeavor, like you, I feel like we're just in this zone right now and it feels really good and really, uh, it feels great. And, but, uh, you know, to stay on theme, the underbelly of that, like spiraled off the deep end with my smartphone usage. And I've like the mm. Instagram algorithms and all of these things that hack your brain, they've fully hacked my brain in the last week and a half. And I feel very gross, like <laughs> mentally and physiologically. I've just, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm making TikToks. Those are going viral. I'm making an announcement nice. to all my friends and family about all this exciting news coming out of the podcast. And I'm just getting absolutely fucking drunk on all of the, all the likes and all the texts and all the tweets. And it makes me feel nauseated afterwards. And yeah i i'm i need to put a hard stop on my uh my smartphone usage it's gotten real bad and moments when things wow. go viral or thing like content pops off i like spin yeah. out does that happen to you or either of you yes oh yeah no like um <laughs> Like, so th it's been the same for me this week because Pulitzer, nom Pulitzer nomination was last Monday. And so, you know, yeah. there's like people interviewing me for like local news stories and like people reposting. And so I'm just like, you know, like, yeah, just constantly like flipping through like all the notifications and stuff. And with like my job, if I, you know, like if I get a comic on the New Yorker and, you know, I post it or they post it, um, I basically, right. I, I write off like half the day to like social media engagement where I just like obsessively like right. look at what people think about it. And I like respond to comments. And I just feel so stoked because like, yeah, it's amazing having a platform and I am like not used to it. So um, anytime right. there, anytime there, there's a big announcement, I lose like a whole day or like several days. And that is, I'm just like, I've accepted that's just part of yeah. the job at this point. That's just what has to be done. Okay. 
Whew, I'm so glad. That's so smart Okay, of that you. makes me feel so much better. Yeah, I, I don't feel good about it. I'm just like, I could have done anything else, but it is just kind of, yeah, it's like, I, I, well, I totally relate. Yeah. That's so smart of you to like, um, like put aside time for that because I never think about it like that and then I'm like what did I do all day and then I'm like oh, I was like uh interacting online with people because like also <laughs> you do have to interact with there's like a level of engagement that you have to have right mm-hmm. yeah but Brian I'm so glad that you brought that up that's like such a interesting topic and I don't think that I've never really heard that being discussed in that way but that's such a smart like thing that you like noticed I just when you, yeah. I, like we you know this has come up before like i just don't think our human brains are meant to process that much information and dopamine like in the old days you would send a letter and you would receive feedback from your immediate family and they would be like good work son i'm proud of you and that's that but now like i feel i'm constantly i feel like i'm competing against the software engineers at instagram or tiktok because they they have all the moves, you know? It's like Gary Kasparov playing chess against like the IBM supercomputer. Or was it Bobby Fischer? One of those. It's mm. just like, I'm not going to win, but I need to do everything that I can to preserve the sanctity of my brain. <laughs> so I just need to know, learn I learn how to walk away. And I feel like this week in particular, I've been bad about not walking away. In any case, thanks for uh, listening. And it feels nice to know that I'm not alone in this sort of like drunk social media high feeling <laughs> but zoe how are you feeling yeah um I, I just wanted to add that like you know you, you got you definitely deserve to have like the moment you know of, of like enjoying mm. like enjoying your success because like the, the last two interviews that you had with you know like like the people from everything everywhere like oh my god those were yeah. absolutely incredible and like everyone like freaked out about them and like you 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 should be too right so like that's yeah <laughs> just 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 insane just completely next level but um yeah uh, so i am feeling uh like frazzled but happy so um, mm. me and my husband got married during the pandemic. We had like a pandemic alone with like five people, but we have our mm-hmm. like wedding party next June or in like six weeks. And so everything is just popping off. And I have like a bridal shower tomorrow. And so I've just been like, I thought it wouldn't be so busy. I'm like, oh, like, we've done it. It'll be chill. But like at the beginning of May, it became like all consuming. And, like all of my thoughts and all of oh, my wow. extra time is just like doing wedding stuff, which is I didn't expect, yeah. but that is just what it is. Um, but it's like right. super great because, you know, we're getting family together finally. And it's just like a fun, you know, oh, like so nice. the, the more things I accomplish for this, like the realer it feels. And it's like a real positive thing and also obviously like the 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 pulitzer finalist thing at the same time which has been you know just unreal and so i'm very happy about that and um that you know i'm I'm still definitely riding that high and still like you know getting notifications and doing the whole the whole thing so yeah very i'm I'm, I'm exhausted but i am like i'm I'm stoked stoked to be alive wow (laughs) stoked to be here let's go what an exciting time well, you know, we want to dive into your story. You make cartoons and illustrations for The New Yorker. You know, when your editors at The New Yorker informed you that they were submitting your work to, to be nominated for the Pulitzer, or I guess like it would be Pulitzer Prize consideration, how did that feel? Oh, God. Yeah, it was 
it was completely bananas. So like, um, (laughs) (laughs) so last year, the, the Pulitzer did not award an editorial cartooning award. Like they nominated, they they Mm. had three finalists and no winner, which was just like such a slap in the face. Right. So, so all of us at the, like, you know, we, Mm. we were just kind of tweeting about it. Like, Oh, like hilarious. Like you must've missed this cartoon. And then we like quote tweet with like one of our cartoons from this year. Right. Just to be like, Oh, like better luck next year. So, you know, I, I, I did like the better luck next year, uh, like kind of glib quote tweet. And I just kind of forgot about it. Um, cause you know, the, Mm. the, the only person to be, uh, the only person from the New Yorker to win a Pulitzer was in 2020 and his name was Barry Blitt and he's Mm. like in his 60s he's been contributing for like 30 years right so I Mm. I I found out about that and I was like okay like this will be you know like a 20-30 year goal you know when I'm near retirement I can expect to have like enough prestige to do this and then I was like going out for a walk with my friend and I was like waiting for her Uh and I like checked my emails and then I got an email from them just saying um, the editors want to like nominate your work for a Pulitzer Prize. Just uh, please send us a headshot and a bio. And I was like, "What?" Like, and I screamed, "Like what?" Like in the street, and I was like alone. And then I see my friend like walking towards me. And I was like, I was just like like waving at her and being like, "Oh my god!" Like you won't believe. And I called my husband. And I was like, "You got like," and I was like yelling at him while my friend was like approaching me. Like, and so it was. It was complete, and I have like I printed out the email, and it's like hanging on my wall now, and it's just, it was, Aww. it was just such a crazy thing, and Aww. you know, like I've it, last year was like you know the hardest, ho- most horrible year, like we were all just sitting around like being yeah. sad about everything, and so just to, mm-hmm, anyways, mm-hmm. and um, and of course, like how it works is that anybody who does editorial cartoons or you know any kind of illustrated reporting for any American uh, news you know, like company can nominate themselves. Mm-hmm. So you can submit your work for mm-hmm. consideration. So just because they yeah. sent my name in does not mean like I'm going to be a finalist. So there's ha- potentially hundreds yeah. of cartoonists in the running. Right. So, um, right. I thought about it every single day, uh, until the announcement, we didn't even know the date it was going to be announced until like April. And so I was like, you know, checking the, the Pulitzer website, like every, like three times a week, just like to, to see, um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was, that was insane. And of course on, on, on May 9th, um, they had like a live stream where they announced it. And so me and my husband just like sat in front mm-hmm. of the TV and like watched it. And then they announced <gasps> the three finalists and then they announced the winner right afterwards in, in, in like 20 seconds. And so there was like, I didn't even recognize the category they, 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 they nominated me in because they changed the name to illustrated reporting oh, wow. and commentary this year. It's no longer editorial mm-hmm. cartoons. So I was mm. like, hmm, probably not me. And then they announced like this first, the first, no- uh, the first nominee was, was a group from insider, like a bunch of reporters and cartoonists. And I was like, okay, probably not me. Yeah. Okay. And then my name was, was, was the second name. And I was like, ah! and then we like, you know, my, my husband took a video <laughs> and I, um, I posted the first like 10 seconds to Instagram because the rest of the video, I'm just like swearing. And my Instagram is like very G rated because I'm like a children's book illustrator. And so, but yeah, yeah. it was shocking. And then 10 seconds later, I found out it wasn't me. Like, I didn't win. It was actually the first group. And then it was, like, mm. you know, sad. But then, so it was a very, like, ridiculous kind of roller coastery. Wow. It, it, it's been, it, it's yeah. been like a constant thing since January. I've just been, like, freaking out every single day. So, 
Yeah. Wow. Do you think when you started your career, because I know you said that you thought of that as like a goal, like a retirement goal in the future later on, but like at the start of your career, was that ever a thought that you had that you would ever be nominated? No, no. I mean, like, so I I started doing cartoons uh, for the New Yorker in 2019. And um, it was, Uh you know, the New Yorker is one of the only like print media publications left that still publish cartoons yeah. where it's like really reputable to have mm. cartoons so that was kind of like the the thing that, mm. that you want to be in if you're a cartoonist and I just was submitting and then so I got it in 2019 and the goal was just to make funny cartoons like they're known for gag cartoons mm. which is just single panel stuff and it's it's just about like very timeless humor like there are cartoons from like the 60s that are still funny today because it's just about like you know everyday stuff like you know like just like the human condition about animals like it's <laughs> funny things right? right and so i was like right, you know, right. trying to tap into i was like i'm gonna draw cartoons about like just you know the, the, the things i experience and it's gonna be great and like but they're most they're mostly just silly um but yeah. i had no desire to be like a political cartoonist like you know um i was a lawyer when i started doing this and all of my lawyer mm-hmm. friends were like oh you right. should you should draw cartoons about politics i'm like no like that's you know, because people think that political cartoons are like the smart cartoons because you're doing commentary. And I was like, I don't I just want to be mm. funny. Like, I don't care about about, you know, sending right, a message. Right. I'm not going to draw like cartoons about like caricatures of presidents and stuff. Right. Um, but of course, yeah. like during the pandemic, like everyday life just became political. So political. I, I ended yeah, up, yeah. you know, all mm. of my cartoons are at least like kind of loosely based on my personal experience. And when you know, your, yeah. your experience is politicized with like pandemic or like the Trump administration, like the, the election mm-hmm. or like, you know, anti-Asian hate, like all of that stuff. Um, I just started, I just happened to start drawing cartoons about politics. So I didn't think that right. I was going to be, I didn't think this would, this was going to be my, my stream. I kind of assumed I would just continue mm. doing silly stuff forever and I would have been happy, I think. Right. But yeah. this is, yeah the direction yeah. i went into the, and so and this is now a thing the thing about what you said about doing like political political stuff seeming like it's not in your wheelhouse i think is interesting because even as a comedian that kind of comedy feels very much like you're not allowed to do it some white guy that went to harvard is gonna do it way better than you because you're a stupid bitch <laughs> you know what i mean like i, I would oh, never <laughs> like i would never go for any sort of I'm sorry, but somebody in the industry actually told me that. Like, I was like in the running to get some sort of writing job, and they're like, "Don't even worry about this because you're not going to get this." It's it, there's like fifteen, wow. like twenty two year olds at Harvard that already got this job, and I was like, "Okay, that's cool. That's oh, uh, this, it's nice for you to actually say that out loud because that's what I thought." But, but like <laughs> for people, but the, it's so interesting that you said that because I like how you said that because it's like we're not allowed to make political cartoons or comedy because that's for some white man that's smart that's smart because they're smart and we're stupid and it's funny that you're a lawyer number one so that that's like really funny that that's like how we are made to feel that way and then the second thing that you said i think is so interesting is that our lives as like a marginalized person are inherently political in this country so of course anything that we do and say is gonna have like politics involved in it you know the politics of being okay so so first of all yes like the the image i have in my head of a political cartoon just being you know like the the caricature of the politician 60 year old yeah yeah and like so every person 90 
95% of people who won the Pulitzer for editorial cartooning before this were, were white men. And so there's yeah. only yep. been two women who've won it. And the, 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 the most recent woman was 2001 and her name's Ann Telnes. She was actually the, 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 the other finalist for the Pulitzer this year. So it was me and her oh, wow. yeah, and, and the group from the insider. And so she's been around forever, but she won in 2001 and there has not been a woman since then. Wow. And there has never, wow. never been an Asian woman wow. nominated or, or, or winning, obviously. Right. And so that's something that I thought about. I was like, huh, I'd be like the first AIP, AAPI woman. Wow. I'd be the first, you know, like um, if I won. Uh, and so, yeah, it's crazy. So, yes, you think about political cartoons and it's just like, you know, the the really kind of dry oh it's like um the the politician yeah. with like the big head and like everything's labeled <laughs> and he's just yep. it's like a very strict and th- you know there's a there's a value and a skill to that for sure but right it's like that's what yeah. you think it is right it's like there, there's no um there's no portrayal of like everyday people or if it is it's like a white guy mm-hmm. drawing like a syrian family in a boat and you're like okay you know like yes like we're all yep. yeah well, we all have that in our head but it doesn't you know it's not the people telling their own story right so right um, right so yeah. like all of my cartoons I, I don't like drawing about politicians i draw just like mm. how the average person feels because that's what i know like i'm an average person and so i draw oh what is the average mm. person's reaction to this like horrifying news right and so that's what i mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right um and so the Pulitzer has gotten a lot of criticism because you know pe- and people in cartoons are like you don't get cartoons and they didn't they didn't not they didn't announce a winner for a year in which there was a pandemic and the US election and all of this crazy mm. and like Black Lives Matter. They were like, no cartoonists have done anything uh to merit this, you know? And and that was like an wow. important year for cartoons or like for, for editorial right. things. And so I like yeah. to think that they're 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 kind of turning a corner because for someone like me who draws cartoons about like the ex- everyday experience i'm like a 31 year old asian right. woman like um for that to be considered like editorially significant is like i think that yeah. it's like a, it's a step for sure it, it, it's like it, it absolutely feels, you know i would have never expected that this would be a thing i i want to rewind really quickly before you became uh, a full-time cartoonist you were a lawyer and you went to law school and you were a practicing lawyer and from my understanding, you were making cartoons like you, you had a personal practice on the side, but you were you were you were you're a, you a legit ass lawyer. Yes, now, that's like the technical from a young, <laughs> right. So from a young age, were you I guess I want to understand, like, how did you make that transition? And like, what was your relationship to your creative practice? Because did you mm-hmm. always want to be a cartoonist and just felt like. Ah, that seems unstable. I'm going to do the stable thing instead. Or like later on, you realize like, oh, this is this is more important to me. I I can express myself more deeply in this manner. Like, can you elaborate on what that was all like for you? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I've been drawing since I was like a little kid. So, you know, I was always the the like family artist, right? Like, mm. um. So like I have like a like a like a folder in my room of like like all these pieces of paper from like 1990 when I was like five and like I'm just I'm drawing all the time and so I love drawing. Um, it was it was like always my personality. Like I like, I'm the artist, right? Like I'm a good right. at drawing and like okay. Um, and so 
obviously, you know, my parents are from Singapore and Malaysia and they came here and they're like, okay, you're going to university. It's like not even, (laughs) it's not even a question. I'm like, okay. And so, you know, I was like a huge nerd in school. I, I, I did like, like an advanced like placement program in high, in high school. Um, that was really intense. And then, you know, and it was, it was everything I did academically was, you know, geared towards going to higher education. Mm. And, um, you know, I was one of those kids, I, I didn't like play sports or, you know, do extracurriculars except like piano and Kumon because that's what we did. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and I was, my parents were super protective. And so I just, I just did school. I just did school and, and drew cartoons. And that was like all that I did. Um, mm. and so, yeah, I made it into law school and, uh, when I made it in, I was 20, I was like pretty young. And so I like made a promise to myself that I would draw, I had like a personal project where I drew one cartoon or one drawing every day for a whole year. And I posted it to a Tumblr account, which is like vintage mm. social media. Right. But this was like a, just like a personal thing. It was like, okay, I'm going to be really stressed. I should probably like attempt to have some kind of balance. Right. So I, I just mm. did that for myself. And, um, the following just kind of like grew organically. Like things went viral on Tumblr really easily because people could like reblog them and like right, comment right. on them and stuff, right? And yeah. um, so after like after that, I switched over to Instagram and I started drawing cartoons on Instagram. And um, it started in law school, like like this whole thing where I I, I drew comics about my life. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it started a bit earlier than that, but but like it, like it, it like the. The, the, the practice started um, because I was so stressed out and then I would just like draw a cartoon of me like crying while studying and it was like really mm. funny and I'm like oh that's great mm. and then I posted to Facebook and all my law school classmates were like oh this is so great like wow like we, we, we feel the same way and I was like oh wow like so this is like actually a thing I can do where I, right. I was so young and so sheltered like I just I I I'd never partied before I'd never done any of these things that you just do like if you're if you're in you know, like doing a, a a graduate degree, every you know everyone is an everyone is an adult, and they just they go out and they get to know each other and stuff. And I was just so sheltered, and I just felt mm. so out of place. And so drawing cartoons that everyone liked and could relate to was like my contribution to like the group, right? Right, um, right, right, right. And so that was what I so I, I just kept doing that, and yeah. um, right. and so that that continued when 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 I was a lawyer, I just continued to do this um and so it's it was i got called in 2014 and i just kept drawing and posting to instagram and like you know the following kept increasing and um in 20 in in 2016 a editor from penguin random house who for children's books um just emailed me out of the blue and they were like oh we're big fans of your work on instagram we think that you'd be a good fit for this for this mm. book that we're doing do you want to illustrate it and that was oh, like awesome that was insane. You know, I, it was like, I had just left a long-term relationship. I was like an emotional wreck. And I was like four in the morning, I was like typing an affidavit for like court the next day. And then I get this email and I'm like, Oh wow. Like actually things might be fine. Right. Like, um, so illustrating children's books was, was always, always the pipe dream, you know? Mm. Um, and when I was like a little kid, I'd read the books. like, Oh, like this is someone I want to be like a Disney animator. I want to you know make books and Disney movies, but obviously like no one knows how to make money or like the 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 way that we're raised like you know we don't talk about like oh you can be like on like entrepreneur you can like sure on your own like you you just because like i I had no um concept of like how that even works so like the answer was oh go to school get a degree 
get a job, you, you, you'll be a lawyer forever and then it'll be great. Like that's, that's your life plan, right? And then anything else right. is like incidental. Like as long as you're a lawyer, you'll be safe, right? Like that was... That, that right. was just like the thought for me and my family and everything. It's very frequent in like Q&As and talkbacks. People are like, oh, well, do you have any advice for aspiring creatives? And mm -hmm. it sounds like your career trajectory is one that echoes the type of advice I've heard a lot is have your stable thing and then have your practice on the side. And whatever feelings or like animosity, like like what was your relationship to law like did you have like a negative one and then you channel that into mm. your art of like this is gonna inspire me because there are like studies that show that people who make time on the side for their creative practice are more productive because you you put you confine yourself to a boundary and yeah. you're more uh you maximize that potential totally like it worked out like almost by accident. Like it's, it's surprising how well it worked out just cause yeah, like it was the law, it's all consuming. I was doing family law, which is like very emotionally draining. Um, mm -hmm. and for, for like a lot of like kind of low income at risk people, um, right. going into the courts for like emergency things. And so it was very stressful mm -hmm. and didn't really have much control of my schedule. Cause like if something came up, I'd have to be in court the next day. So you're working all night, that, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and so drawing cartoons was almost like compulsive because I needed to disconnect and I mm. needed to process what happened during the day. And mm. drawing cartoons was how I did that because if I had a really hard day, then I could just, I could take all my feelings and translate them into like one frame or like, like a three panel comic, like mm. all my feelings. And then I'd be like, okay, like that's done. Like, like, and this is, and it's funny because like, right. pe and yeah. people can relate to it. And then of course I post on Instagram and I get a lot of engagement, which is like, honestly, like helpful, right? Like mm, if people yeah. are, if people are validating your experience, then like you just feel, you feel good about yourself. You're like, okay, this is right. worth something. Right. So, um, I never cartoon explicitly about my job, like what the, the thing, cause it's confidentiality, but just about right. my feelings. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like uh, having that job um, also just forced me to have like a very consistent creative practice because I just had to create. It wasn't even like, like, okay, now it's time for my art. It's like, no, I just, I come home and like I eat dinner and then I cartoon and I go to bed. Like that's all that I do, right? So mm. yeah, it, it and I've, I've talked to some people about this and some people uh, find it very, or rather, I switched jobs at some at one point. I went to yeah. like work at the courthouse, which was like a much more chill nine to five situation. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I actually found it harder to do cartoons then because I would mm. come home and I would just feel like uh, I would just feel chill. Like I wouldn't feel like like the 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 adrenaline that I needed to create, which is like insane. And right. so um, it feels like this is not advice that's yeah. really transferable because I don't want to give people advice that you have to be stressed or you have to right, be suffering. Right to be create miserable. art because if that's yeah. a cliche and it's like not healthy but that is how yeah, it yeah. just worked out for me right yeah i think a lot of comedians even talk about that they're like oh i'm funnier when i'm miserable and then you know you hear a lot of comedians that are like now i'm in love so i'm not funny you know like <laughs> that is uh i feel like that is a very valid discussion and to have you know obviously we don't want to force people to get into really <laughs> stressful jobs but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. you're yeah I, I relate a lot to the structural elements of you know finding this creative practice in the midst of like having a real job because I think between this podcast and I had this interim period where you know I had a corporate job 
I was doing comedy on the side and then I quit my corporate job and was like, you know what? I'm going to go all in on comedy. I'm going to write so much. Mm-hmm. It was probably the least productive period of my life where <laughs> I was just like aimless and listless and was wi- like you said, yeah. like way too chill. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. I can do this tomorrow. And like my work output plummeted. And it wasn't until I injected like s- more structure in- when I oh, became yeah. like more optimized, I guess. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. So for in your, from your, your story, it just seems like it all kind of like fell into place and was this awesome supply chain where you like had all these feelings and emotions bottled up from work and then you would just compulsively uh, illustrate these cartoons at night. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's led you to here, which is so inspiring <laughs> and amazing. Um, I guess, you know, we want to dive a little bit more into your process and you, you've, I, I mean, you touched on it throughout this episode, but have your cartoons are, do you just essentially treat them as journals? Mm-hmm. Like, is there any sort of methodology behind it or like, are there certain topics that you are more inherently more interested in than others? It's taken a long time for me to like, I guess, you know, hone the voice that I have right now for like kind of distilling experiences into like kind of very punchy cartoons. Like mm-hmm. when I go back through my blog that I started, like the very first cartoons were like very cringy. I'm like, oh, like I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just describing exactly what happened, right? Like it's, <laughs> there, there, there's nothing, you know, like I guess it's, it's funny in the sense like, oh, like that's relatable, but it's, it's not like clever or like, you know, it doesn't really inject anything new, right? Um, what's like, so, what's, sorry, what's like, what's considered like a hacky cartoon like in the way that in stand-up comedy there's like hacky jokes and you can just like tell immediately that this person's new like what's the equivalent of that in uh in your industry like i mean (laughs) i i don't i think it's like it's it's this i mean i i don't want to like punch down or anything like like, and everyone starts in their own place i'm sure like i'm sure that i hate my early cartoons because it's me but i i think it's it like there's a lot of parallels like a lot of like New Yorker cartoonists are comedians and like um like, like stand-up mm-hmm. comedians and so there's a lot of parallels b- between the two right so I think that if you just think of what a hacky joke is in comics there is like right. the equivalent hacky like political cartoon where it's just like it's saying it's it's saying nothing new you know like so there there's a great mm-hmm. quote from Bob Mankoff who's the former editor of the New Yorker where like a mm-hmm. good gag cartoon like makes the familiar unfamiliar or makes the makes the unfamiliar familiar so you just like Mm. yeah you take what someone sees and then you make something unexpected out of it and so like i guess like a hacky cartoon in in the abstract is just someone that just says something that's extremely obvious with the confidence like as if it's the best thing in the world it's just like something new yeah i mean it's just kind of it grinds my gears but it's it also tends to be You know, like like the people who you would think would make those jokes, which is like overconfident so like, white guys, right? If we're being honest. Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like Banksy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no comments about Banksy. <laughs> hey, guys, the government can be kind of corrupt, too. Ever thought about that? <laughs> She's holding a balloon, but if you look closely, you can see it's a missile. What's the message? <laughs> Only... Only smart people will, uh, most won't get this. Like most people yeah. won't get this message. It's too deep. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and that, that's the thing. So I'm cringe. hesitant to like categorize them because a lot of cartoons that I don't like are like very popular because I guess right. they, they speak to a different audience. And so it's I'm like, a... in a way, I'm like, if it's communicating a message to people who would not otherwise get it, 
it's probably yeah. doing its job and I probably just shouldn't talk. But anyways, the, I, yeah, those are the cards. That's what I tell that, myself that I every like. time when I see a Joe Rogan video pop up on my Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they oh are, you know, I, it's I, for some to reason, an audience. Yeah. I'm it's, just some, not someone, it's touching somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, someone, someone's that, really getting something from it. That cartoon so. where the iPhone is like the alien baby and it's attached to the face. Most people won't understand yeah. the message oh. behind this or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but oh, yeah. the, the the thing that fucking drives me insane is like when somebody thinks that they are telling you something that no one's ever said. But I actually I, I've come around to it now where I find that holy it's like high art. It's like hilarious, like the funniest <laughs> joke ever. You know, it's like yeah, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, so. for sure. Like there's definitely like, like a full circle, like so bad it's good, where it's like oh yeah, like yeah. this is just like a thing now, right? Like totally. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. guess now that you are you know, you're a cartoonist full time and it's your entire practice. Uh, you mentioned when you were doing family law, you would have all these built up emotions and then come home and compulsively uh, create cartoons based inspired by that. Um, now that you're doing it full time, have you found like, is it work similarly or is it in some ways become more challenging because you're you're just not practicing law and it's not your day may not be mm. as emotionally charged as it once was? Right. Yeah. Wait, are you I mean, not practicing law anymore? No. You're yeah. Full-time I, cartoonist yeah. I, uh, I, the dream. I, I, Sorry, I didn't know. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I, I quit in the early pandemic in, in June of 2020. Mm. So um, mm-hmm. I pandemic law was you know it really it was so difficult working from home and having to do court from home you know everyone was scrambling to get their systems to accommodate people working from home and it was just impossibly difficult and it really made me realize a couple it made me realize okay i'm not cut out for this life right like i have colleagues who are one amazing i I, like i admire them so much and they're amazing at their job but they just have like the emotional constitution for it like they can just take Mm -hmm. it and they can just run with Mm -hmm. it but for me i was like just getting beat down so much and it was just i couldn't sleep i was like just having breakdowns all the time it was just bad right and um at the same time i got like you know um a book deal for teeny houdini and um which is like a book that's a trilogy about an Asian American girl. It's kind of, the third one's coming out in June. We'll talk about that later. But um, that book deal um, financially, like, a, like it made sense for me to quit. I was like, okay, this will give me enough mm-hmm. of a runway that I can like actually make a real go at this. So that's what I did, right? Yeah. So love it. Um, but so it's you know my life has been so much less stressful, but it's uh, it's just like a new challenge because now I just I have to find stories from just from from the everyday and just for, you know if i am short on ideas i'll like go for a walk or i will like do something not related to art like i will do an i'll learn the guitar or i'll you know yeah. go have an experience right and so mm. and, and so it, it's yeah. um further to like the whole journal thing it's less just like an angsty journal and more um just finding um the funny and the absurd in like little everyday things and just like capturing like the beauty of that, if you will. Right. Um, yeah. one of my, like, like one example that, that, that I love so much is just like my mom. She's like an adorable Asian woman. She's like my mom. And I will draw comics about her sometimes that are just, she just, it's just exactly what she says and does. And it's yeah. so mm-hmm. funny. It's just like the <laughs> funniest thing. Like there's this one time she, um, there was something in the news and she was like, I don't like this news story. She, she rips it out and then she like goes and throws it in the garbage and then comes back and like continues. And I was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I, I like drew that's a cartoon so about funny. it and like people love that's it. And so I post, funny. I post it every mother's day. And it's so just yeah, things like that, where 
Um, there, there's just, you know, it, it's a new challenge and it feels a lot healthier to, mm. yeah. to just get an inspiration from the, from the world and not just from like your own sadness. Right. Can so, I right. say something? Yeah. Can I say something about that? I feel like because yeah. you made the correlation between cartoonists and comedians. I feel like when a comedian reaches a certain level of fame, they start to tackle like really big world issues. Like I, I always think about like Chris Rock. I feel like mm. the special that came out like a decade into or a decade or two into his fame was just so spectacular because he was like, like, ish, like talking about issues that were global issues, right? And I feel like that transition, somebody that's very good like you are at seeing the like the day-to-day struggles in your daily life and translating that to like this medium like cartooning or a quick joke like a stand-up comedian Uh, and then people being able to relate to you because you're so good at that kind of communication and then when you are you know processing away from all of the work that you've done processing your day-to-day stress and then you get to like go on to the next level when you're you're um tackling bigger issues and because you're so good at doing that you're so good at doing that on a larger level like the cartoon like one of my favorites of yours is the cartoon that you have where it's like uh it's like a wheel of fortune and it says hat crim and they're like it's obviously says hate crime yeah and the white and the contestants are white and they're like oh can i buy a vowel because they like can't they can't see a hate crime and i'm like that's genius and like that skill makes you very good at this and now now that you're like moving away from the niche like your problems in your specific life to like tackling larger issues you're extremely good at communicating that and i think you know that's why you're so celebrated at at your job and what you do Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. That's so wonderful. So, so kind of you to say, like, that's, that's really great. But yeah, like, I definitely agree that if, if I was still a lawyer, I just, I wouldn't have the emotional space to be thinking yeah. about these things. Right. So I, yeah. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. so grateful, especially during this extremely challenging year, I've had like the bandwidth to yep. like have time to like think about mm. how to turn this like into art or like into right. like, et, like cartoons that actually communicate meaningful things that are you know because i've definitely just evolved past making only you know relatable like stress cartoons right and yeah so i yeah i feel really lucky that i get to do this now yeah but i think you're taking the challenge very well and it really proves how talented you are because some people can't do that next level you know like it's like it just shows that you you're very good at communicating in this way that i think you know makes you very makes you brilliant so thank you thank you so much that's so that's 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 really amazing to hear can i tell yeah. you my favorite new yorker cartoon i'm sorry it's not yours but this no, no, is my no. favorite of all time <laughs> unless i find out yeah. whoever wrote it is a white yeah. old man then i then delete it. i mean like it probably um, is but it's okay are, it probably is. Is. Odds honestly are. a lot of like wonderful white old men new york cartoonists so yes <laughs> Let me, my favorite one I'll, I'll probably post it with this episode is the yeah. one where there's like two snails and then there's a tape dispenser <gasps> yes. yeah. and he the snail is telling the the one snail is telling the other snail like I don't care if she's a tape dispenser I love her yeah, I love that one <laughs> and the so tape much. dispenser looks just like the snail yeah <laughs> it's so good yes it makes me cry yes like I I do a um, I've been doing presentations for kids like teaching them about like, what like what's a comic and like how do you draw comics and mm-hmm. that is one 
one of that's one of the cartoons I use because even if yeah. the kid is five years old, the kid gets it because it's so funny yeah. and it's like you get it. like 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 the the joke is just so in it's so obvious, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that is yeah. like so you know on one hand you're drawing cartoons about hard political issues. That's one yeah. thing. But on the other hand, creating a cartoon like that is so challenging. Like that is oh, yeah. like yeah. that is like, you know, God tier kind of work <laughs> because it's so right. timeless. It's so and good. literally like a four year old knows what it means. It's just it's yeah, it, it's amazing. So I they're going to. Yeah, yeah I, gonna I find am, that in. 10,000 years and yes. the future humans are going to laugh. The aliens are going to yeah. laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually, actually it's so funny. Like, um, just, just like side, like th- there's Twitter accounts now that, that are kind of unearthing like, um, medieval, like medieval illustrations. And it's like, it's from like, the oh, 13, yeah. it's like the 1300 and it's like, like a dog who's a doctor who's like treating a cat. And I'm like, Oh, like people <laughs> back then also like this kind of stuff. Right. So yeah, like people in a yeah. thousand years are going to be like, for sure looking at this and being like oh yeah that's funny oh so yeah. oh so i love that <laughs> um yeah zoe well thank you so much for you know sharing your story with us and uh and i know you were very clear about like you don't want it to be prescriptive or like hard advice because this is just what worked for you but um in any case i think a lot of our listeners will find your career very inspiring and for sure i think we're gonna jump into or we always call it the rapid fire questions, but it's not really rapid fire. It's just yeah. the second half. <laughs> there's More absolutely fun no questions. time. Yeah. yeah, there's no time constraint whatsoever. Um, but Zoe, we're wondering, what is something you're loving right now? Oh my God, I was, I literally prepared this and now my mind is blank, but I... <laughs> Good. This um, is the okay. raw truth. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, immediately, I, I am loving that it's finally warm. It's been oh my God. A, a, a very miserable winter. Like, Vancouver, where I live, is, like, rainy and cold, like, eight months out of the mm. year. And then the summer yeah. is, like, the best time to be here. But um, I am... Okay, it's just, like, aside from that. I am loving that there is, um, like, a growing, like, consciousness about, like, AI... Uh, Asian like AAPI um just like pride uh mm-hmm. like you know like like just I I love that I am I just happen to be coming into this sphere this area at a time when we're being like there's so many inspiring you know like forms of media inspiring actors and like just right. you know, people um and like the, the conversation is just allowing us to discover this part of ourselves right like I've always um seeing myself as like, like, you know, like social change and I'm very whatever. But then I didn't realize how much I was like, you know, doing myself a disservice by like, you know, squishing down this part of myself until recently. And then it's just the fact that we're able to like celebrate this and like have open conversations about it. And like have, there's like this podcast and I get to hear so many people who I admire talk openly mm-hmm. about their experiences is like so amazing. So like, um, I, I, I'm, I'm part of this like social change, like um, advocacy group called, um, eliminate hate that's based out of vancouver mm-hmm. and they, they do a lot of work um they, they were like created um during the pandemic to address uh, like violence against asian people because in vancouver oh, wow. uh v- vancouver saw like the most reported anti-asian hate crimes in 2020 which wow. is like, wow. it, like in, in north america and I, I i like it didn't sound real so i like cross-referenced and it right. I, like it's true like it's like oh, super God. shocking mm-hmm. and, and of course like there's 
you know, like the, the, this violence happening, like in tons of like other cities, like all over the place. But, um, so, so, so that's, they grew out of that and now they've kind of evolved into just like, they, they use like arts and media to, um, Mm. try to like draw attention to like, uh, like Asian people and like what we can do and, um, just, just like to, to celebrate creative Asian people. Right. And so, um, that speaks to me because even when I have not been able to, because like being an activist, like, you know, kudos to everyone who's like actually like a boots on the ground activist, because I am such like, I just get so emotionally overwhelmed. So when I'm not able to talk, I do too. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's so difficult. So when I'm not able to like, actually so like, like, write a long post, I can just I can do art, right? I can do a mm. cartoon, or I can communicate yeah. in that way. And that's how I know how to do it. And so the fact that, you know, Asian activism yeah. is even expanding out of like academic things. It's turning. It's now. It's people who are artists, right? Um, right, right? It's just. It feels like it's really evolving, to, and like the, the definition of what it means to be Asian and visible is also evolving. And I just. I don't think yeah. that. I don't think I could have like had this kind of success or like just. Um, f- I don't think I could have felt this empower to do what I do if I wasn't coming up like in this moment. If we're being honest, yeah. so mm. yeah, I, I feel yeah, I very really... yeah. I feel great about that. Yeah, sorry. I was just gonna say I feel so overwhelmed emotionally doing activism. It's very hard for me to go to those things because then I, because it's like I I don't want to say I'm embarrassed by my emotions, but it's like I'm trying to like be here in March, but then I'm just like, ah, and I'm like, why, why? <laughs> I don't know. Something about it's like touches me. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah. Um. And it's like fight. Like I I can't fight with people on the internet like i do not oh, have no, the, no. the feelings Ugh. i can't do that and some people some yeah. people are just like in They're it and it. i'm like right <laughs> i feel like so i get one mean comment and i respond to them and i'm like tired for the rest of the day i'm sad for the rest of the day i'm like this is this is Ugh. not my wheelhouse like i'm i'm a, no no i'm a, i'm gonna find another way to <laughs> yeah another way to and fight all those the people fight online are just doing it they don't even care they're just doing it for attention so then it, then yeah. i'm like oh god damn it i fell for this fucking troll again you know, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of haters online, Zoe, what is something you're <laughs> hating right now? Um. Yeah, I, I'm hating. Just. Uh, I, I'm hating the like the the backward slide into, you know, like re- reproductive rights and all these things, mm. all these yeah, yeah, these horrible things that are happening and. Um, I'm, you know, that plus, you know, climate change. It's like all of these little things that are just kind of like they exist in the background and are just, you know, I don't want to think about Constantly. them. And it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's weird being a Canadian. And, right. um, yeah. so we, so no, 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 we have issues, right? I'm not, we are not absolved, but it's weird being a Canadian oh. and then being a cartoonist for an American publication mm-hmm. and then drawing cartoons about american stuff that's that's a little odd because it's like i'm one step removed but also mm-hmm. it's yeah it, it's scary seeing this happening in america and then knowing that it's mm. going to cause a ripple effect in canada because like mm-hmm. we had that trucker convoy you know it, like a few months ago and that was like a hundred percent people had trump flags they had mm. like you know confederate flags and so just, you know, waiting for the inevitable, like, oh, a, a Canadian politician is now coming out in support of the anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I wow. am, I'm, I'm dreading that and I'm, I, I'm definitely hating it. 
at the same time. That is time. so funny that there would be <laughs> yeah. a Canadian Trump supporter. Dude, like, like what? You have, what at, are you wow. supporting? You know what? Yeah. At, at every at every uh, vaccine rally in Vancouver, there was like a whole bunch of people with American flags and Trump flags. And I'm like, who the hell? So, but it, it, it's, it's just Trump. What are you no, doing? Yeah. But it, it, it's, it's just like a cultural, it's just a cultural yeah. thing, right? Like people just right. attach to this, they, they're just, they, they just attach to this feeling and they, they, they think, yep. they think they have first amendment rights and they're Canadian. It's like, dude, like we, that's not a thing here. Right. But <laughs> anyway, so, so, so I'm, I, I'm hating, I'm not looking forward to seeing mm. how that spills over. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, at the same time, it really just makes me galvanized to, um, you know, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm like ready, you know, I, I'm ready for when it happens. I'm going to like, I'm going to draw like a really good cartoon and like be like, yeah. get right, out of here, right. guys. Like, you're not wanted anyways. But yeah, so that's interesting. That's so it's so there is. So you're saying there is like a somewhat like a sentiment of fear in Canada mm-hmm. as you're like watching from the sidelines and seeing what's <sighs> unfolding here in America. Yeah, like um, we have to. Cause, OK, so Canadians historically like. Up until recently, we were always like, we're the good guys. You know, if we go traveling mm-hmm. with Canadian mm-hmm. flag, everyone's going to love us. We're not like those Americans. <sighs> and like, right. you know, we, we're all, I'm guilty. We're all guilty of that. And then, of course, in the last few years, like horrible reckonings with you know, I- indigenous people. And we're yeah. finding like these, these like unmarked graves at residential schools. It is like absolutely like heartbreaking is like not mm. doesn't even describe it it's like it's just shattering mm-hmm. and it's right. in and then we're all having this moment where we're like how could we yeah. not have known about this you know mm. and like i i Terrifying. am a you know i'm a lawyer higher education i worked at a courthouse the first time that like all of this was explained to me with like the history of indigenous people was at a conference mm-hmm. when i was 28 that i attended mm. only because i worked at the court and so the right. average person has no idea. So anyways, right. um, th- th- that's a big side note, but it- it's it's just like um, we are realizing that we cannot be complacent. We really have to like stop this before it happens. And there are lots of things in our country that are messed up that like we just don't even know about because everyone assumes everything here is fine. So mm. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's just like, that's just like most, even Americans had that like, um, trajectory because like they're like we're a great country we're a great nation and then mm. the last few generations they're like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute. this is all like brainwashing and propaganda like we killed all the indigenous people and we're right. causing wars abroad and yeah, i feel like yeah. that kind of reckoning is happening with canada yeah too. yeah you know yeah d- yeah definitely we we we're we're um but i'm happy that uh it's it seems to be well i mean not happy i'm hopeful that um, yeah. we will be able to go, move forward with like with our heads not in the sand um but yeah the, 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 you know the, there's it's definitely a hard yeah. transition to make <laughs> yeah each and that's because i feel like <laughs> each time a new justin trudeau photo of him in an inappropriate <laughs> halloween costume that leaks we stray further and further from god's light <laughs> canada does yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah no very uh yeah not uh what a fascinating little thing that happened with Canada. It reminds me of a lot know, of like right? European countries, you know, like Switzerland mm-hmm. that are always like, we're neutral. And then we found out it's because they wanted all the Nazi money. And we're like, oh, no, you, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> you said you were good people, bro. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, um, the, the, the bright yeah. side, I guess, is that we're, you know, as as time goes on, like, just more things come to light. And so we're yeah. able to yeah. able to address them correctly. So there's that. <laughs> well, listeners, we've arrived at the fun part. If you're wondering or thought to yourself, man, I wonder what Zoe is ashamed of. And I'm also wondering, how could I support this podcast? Well, now's your <laughs> chance to hear what Zoe is ashamed of. You're going to have to donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. We did some shakeups to our subscription tiers. So we're, basically, we're offering you way more content. So if you want more hot, juicy content, go check it out. Without further ado, Zoe, what is something that you're ashamed of? Okay, um, so... I am ashamed of how, uh, like, Woo, that was a that was a juicy response to what you're ashamed of, and <laughs> I think we're all the better for it. But I... uh, gosh, this conversation flew by, and uh, unfortunately, we're now at the end of the the podcast here, and we're gonna have to leave you with one last question, and that is, what is something that you're proud of? I am proud of this. Uh, Pulitzer finalist thing. I'm proud to be a Pulitzer finalist, but like, it's, uh, like so. More than just that, though, I am. You know, we 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 touched briefly on the whole. Uh, you know, wanting. We're just in a new place now where I think yeah. we are trying to seek approval on our own terms, and mm-hmm. you know, not just be validated by the institutions that that already exist. Right. So I think I am mm-hmm. proud that I got to this place by making cartoons and making work that like means something to me and like if I wasn't in the New Yorker I would be making the exact same work and so I didn't change my voice I didn't like (laughs) I didn't compromise um and you know like like for example that 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 hate crime cartoon with the Jeopardy that Mm -hmm. that you mentioned earlier um Mm -hmm. so I I make the cartoons I want and at the end of the day it's still up to the editors of of the New Yorker to decide whether or not they want to include them, right? So they didn't buy that one. They they didn't pick it up. I I I drew it yeah, I I drew it after the um after the Atlanta shooting, um, as like a Mm. topical daily cartoon and they they didn't go for it. Right. Because it was still a dispute about whether, you know, it was a hate crime or whatever. Anyways, but like I'm I'm very proud of the fact that I'm I'm able to have any kind of success talking about things that actually matter to me and like, I'm going to get emotional, but like talk, actually matter to me. And, um, that, that I get to have this yeah position where I am able to share important things in this way. I know how to do it, which is like drawing cartoons, right? Which I've done forever. Like it, it like it, it, I feel like I really feel like I was like put on this earth to draw cartoons, and so the fact that I get to do it is like extremely, extremely. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a hate crime that they didn't buy that hate crime cartoon. That's a hate crime. <laughs> We're gonna cancel the New Yorker now. <laughs> you mentioned before you're also a children's book um, illustrator, and yes. you have a new book coming out. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit more about that? Yeah. So, um, the teen, I have it here. So this is Teeny Houdini and this is is the first book in the series. And I love it because it is an Asian American girl in grade one and she is the smallest girl in her class and she compensates by doing magic. And so that's exactly, that was my origin story. I was the smallest kid because I skipped kindergarten and my, my magic trick was drawing pictures. So I love it. 
And um, anyways, wow. the third book in the series is coming out in June, and it's called Teeny Houdini, The Great Panda Plan. And so if you have Asian kids in your life, buy these for your age. Or your non-Asian kids, buy these for all your kids. <laughs> if you have a tiny buy kid teeny, that does magic. Teeny Houdini! Yay! <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it, it, it's like, uh, you know, I love how it's, it's like... Um, AAPI Heritage Month, and so I get to like yeah. you know talk about all the all the stuff I'm doing for Asian like Asian themed things that I'm doing, um, and so yeah. yes, I'm doing that, and that's that's great. Oh, great, I love and that. Where can our listeners find you on social media? Yes, I, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Zoe Sees, like Z O E S E E S, because I mm-hmm. see things and then I draw them, and nice. uh, yes, that is it. <laughs> Lovely. And where can they find you, Young Me? Um, YM Mayor and TikTok is Young Me Mayor. How about you, Brian? You guys can find me online at It's Brian Park and follow our podcast online at Feeling Asian Podcast. Mm. We're on all social platforms and yeah. Only like fans. And subscribe. Only fans. <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> We're everywhere, I wish there was a baby. Feeling Asian OnlyFans. My God. Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, we, we don't have one. Don't worry. Don't give, don't give us any ideas, Zoe. But on that note... Hi, everyone. It's time for some Patreon shout outs. As you know, if you like our podcast, the best way to support us is to subscribe to our Patreon. There's a whole bunch of different tiers starting at $3. Um, And then you get a whole bunch of different things depending on how much you want to donate every month. But at the bare bare minimum, which sounds bad, but whatever the thing that you get um at any case is you get a shout out on this podcast and i'm gonna do that right now and so here are five uh, wonderful people that subscribe to our patreon and i'm gonna do like a little psychic read like trying to guess what kind of person this is and today i think i'm gonna include some astrology because i feel like everyone loves astrology the first person on our patreon shout out list is gautam shrikishan I would say, okay, this is this is the vibe. I, I think that this person is a, I'm getting Leo vibes here. I'm getting Leo, but then, but then like there is like uh, maybe a moon in Virgo, like a Leo, like um, classic Leo confident, you know, attractive, cool, um, fun to be around, but then also like, you know, is looking, checking their emails at the party, you know? Like, they, they were the first person to get a BlackBerry back when Blackberries were big. This is the vibe I'm getting. So tell me if that's correct. Okay, I, I, I feel like I'm on a roll with this. I feel like that was very spot on. I know that person is a Leo. Next person is Adrian Kendall. Let me tap into this. Adrian is a Taurus. Taurus. Taurus, but like like a loose, like an airy Taurus. Like I see a lot of air in there as well. So not like, not as like, uh, you you know, like how Tauruses are just like stable. Like you are stable and like uh, secure, but then, you know, kind of like funky. Like you are the person that like has the most fun on vacation, you know? Adrian, Taurus, an airy Taurus, but definitely a Taurus, right? Okay, tell me if I'm right. Next person is Camilla Reed. Camilla, oh, Camilla Real. I'm sorry. Camille, Camilla Real. I am definitely getting. God, I'm getting. I feel like this is like you're what. I, I feel like you're a Pisces. You're a Pisces. I'm seeing a lot of little tattoos. 
you have like little stick and poke tattoos. I don't think that's a Pisces thing, but I think you're a Pisces with a lot of little tattoos. That's like what I'm getting. Tell me if, oh my God, I, I'm like obsessed with believing that I'm good at this. So please tell me if this is accurate. Next person is Joan Yen. Joan Yen. Joan, I am for you. I'm getting a hot, fiery, but maybe not a fire sign. Maybe like a, like a Scorpio. A Scorpio that's like, which, you know, isn't a fire sign, but I feel like it's like a fiery water sign. A Scorpio, but you're like, maybe another fact about Joan. You're a Scorpio, but you have like a very like non-Scorpio job. Like you're in like publishing or something like that, you know, like very like maybe a librarian or some, some, some sort of like booky thing, but you're a Scorpio. And the last person this week is Miley. No, I'm sorry. Is that how you pronounce NGO? No, sorry. I'm so sorry if that's wrong. Um, maybe I should look it up. Should I look it up right now? Okay, real time. This is me being very honest with everybody. No pronunciation. Okay, NGO is a government organization. That's not what I was looking for. I'm looking for the last name. Okay, let's hear the computer say it. Ready? Yes or in English from Vietnamese, but the real pronunciation is as Okay, why is there a French that I just clicked on the YouTube link and there was a French man explaining it to me. And it sounded very French. No. Right? Okay, so oh is it because like Vietnamese like the language they write it in French? But why is a French guy telling me this? I don't know. Anyway, so back to astrology. Miley, I think I think you are a I'm feeling I see a crab so I'm 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 thinking cancer you're a cancer and also I I see I can I can like see your face in my head I feel like I see um I see bright eyeshadow I don't know I I just saw I just saw you know like a maybe you're wearing like a crab hair hairpin and that's what's confusing me. But I feel like you're a cancer and you're wearing some bright eyeshadow while you're listening to this. So let me know if that's true. Okay, this is the first time I try to guess everyone's astrological sign. And I, I have a good feeling about this. I feel like this is my, this is my calling. So please um, DM me and let me know if that was correct. That concludes our episode, everyone. If you made it this far, thank you for listening. And Zoe, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And we'll see you here next week. Bye. Yay, bye. bye.